Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Happiness Is podcast with me, your host, Bruce Aitchison from Happiness Is Egg-Shaped. And today I have got a very old friend and it is frightening how old he is and how old I am from when we were young and fit and nimble and could run around on a paddock together, although I don't think I've ever been any of those things. He has travelled far. He is now a champion of champions. He was in at the ground level. He's an Exeter Chiefs legend. I am absolutely delighted to pin him down on his holidays. It's the one and the only Mr. Tony Walker. Hello, big man. How are we? How are we? I am so pleased to have you on the pod. You have been, well, I've probably been the most difficult one to organise this, but I am so happy to have you on here. Well, you know, I've, I have to admit, probably the last time I saw you, Bruce, you were lying all over the physio table like uh, at Netherdale, like normal, mate. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it seemed, seemed to be your customary position. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce, uh, for, for Friday again, Bruce. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, just just get out in time for when the warm up's finished and do my own warm up and then join in when the contact's finished. That's that's the way it goes. Yeah, well, I, have to, I have to admit, avoiding contact in the other day when Finley Calder got involved was always a good time. <laughs> I still remember that bloke running at me about three or four times going, What's going on here? <laughs> I, used to, I used to really enjoy watching you run around in, in a grey sky in the middle of Murrayfield when I was about 14, 15 on television when it was Four Nations on the board. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good man. That was happy days, right? Let's let's start with the present. Exeter Chiefs, uh, you've been there for a while, but 
the way things are going at the moment, life must be pretty good, is it? Uh, do you know what? We've, we've, uh, we, 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 we like to think we're progressing every year and I think we have, you know, and, uh, you know, we're, a, I think we're a pretty good challenge for any, any team in any competition, which has taken years of, years of work, you know, like say from, from, uh, from a very uh, passionate CEO and a, and a, and a now a, a local DOR and those sort of guys, you know, putting together a, not only a club uh, and moving over, over across town and, and starting up Sandy Park, but also, you know, getting a team together, not only to win the championship, then to be um, competitive in the premiership, you know, and then, and then on the other side of it is then you get to that point where you become competitive in, in Europe as well. So it's been a, uh, it's been a lot of hard, a lot of hard work from a lot of people, uh, you know, and we're very fortunate as a group of staff, probably more than anything that we've stuck together through, through a long time. And I think, yeah, we've, we've, we've got the rewards from that, from that, but uh, yeah, it's been interesting. It's been interesting. It's quite a, quite a cool story. Yeah. You must enjoy the role you've got team manager. That's a, that's an interesting relationship to have with players. It is, it is, you know, because you, you do, you do get involved in uh, a lot of the personal stuff, you know, and, uh, and things like that. But, uh, and there's obviously some interesting, interesting times and situations you have to, Getting out of as well as you know, as you know, being involved in, in sport and rugby and that sort of stuff. But no, it is. It is. I have to admit, like, in uh, one of the things that you sort of sit back sometimes, and you know, when you see, you know, guys uh, running around playing international rugby or uh, or for the Lions or that sort of stuff, it's pretty cool to be a part of their journey. You know, and uh, you know, and sometimes you're going to see uh, some guys go full circle. You know, coming at young academy, bust into bust into the first team, you know, get their first caps, that sort of stuff, which is great. And then obviously start getting involved with international sides, uh, you know, and, you know, becoming, um, you know, household names, household names, you know, international names, uh, you know, and then, you know, maybe, maybe seeing them finish up with a club and that sort of thing as well. So, yeah, there's, 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 there's a lot of reward, a lot of reward out of it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Who did you see and think this, this kid's going all the way? Who did you see at the very beginning and think, yeah, absolutely no doubt this kid's going all the way. Well, yeah, I think you're always going to say the obvious ones like Nolsey and those sort of boys, you know. But I think some of the some of the guys that have uh, not necessarily got uh, international recognition, you know, because we all know of we all know of plenty of players that we think you know could could quite easily make it into an international side. But you know, if their face doesn't fit or that sort of stuff, but. Um, I think those guys are the ones sometimes you get the most satisfaction out of seeing them becoming, you know, quality first team regular players, uh, and then obviously, uh, you know, winning, winning, winning premierships, winning championships, winning European cups. Those are the guys that you go, you know, they are the real sort of like spine of of, of your team and stuff. And it's it's good to see some of those guys and maybe a couple of guys that have moved clubs to to sort of maybe get those rewards as well. I think that's pretty cool. How how tough is it when you've got a player that everybody believes should be playing international rugby? And as you've said, whatever it is, face fits, doesn't fit the game plan, there's somebody else ahead of them. How tough is that to manage that player when they maybe feel like they're not getting everything they deserve? Uh, yeah, I, 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 and some of it, in, in some ways, you just got to keep, for us, you know, as, as a coaching staff and a management and obviously the, the strength and conditioning guys and the physios and all those people that, that, that put so much input into a player is to keep trying to make sure that they're playing the best club rugby with 
the best squad we can we can we can we can give them. And fingers crossed at some stage you get a break, don't you? Because over the, let's just let's say for instance over the last um, two or three weeks, unfortunately Scotland never played a game, but there were some guys there that were going to get an international break, weren't they? You know, it's a massive opportunity for some guys to actually get some international rugby, put their name in a in a Scotland shirt. Uh, and all, and the same with England as well. You know, they've 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 blooded a few new guys. There's some guys there that have been running around that people have been talking about for a long time. Uh, actually, getting an opportunity in international rugby. So I think it's uh, yes. There's always going to be disappointment when every squad's named. Um, but if those guys at some stage, you know, are ready to go, if the opportunity happens, you know, let's look at Sam Simmons for so for instance. You know, he he's he he hasn't stopped doing what he's good at, playing good rugby, and now he's away playing the Lions, you know, having, having a great time, having the time of his life, and he should be too, you know, which is, which is great. So I, 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 I sort of look at that as a, as a the club side of it, you know, the, the, the coaching side and the playing side and the input from the rest of the club and infrastructure and that sort of stuff, you know, there's, there's guys that have all of a sudden gone and gone, had taken an opportunity that potentially wasn't there 12 months ago, you know, or, or been there for the international side. So, which I think is great. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, the Chiefs have been, it, it's a unique story. No, no one else has done it the way the Chiefs have done it. And there are certain people in the organization that it's easy to highlight them and say they've played a big role. You've been there for a long time. How has your role changed in the time you've been there from player to team manager that's that's quite a transition to make. Yeah, so you know, when we when we when obviously I first finished playing rugby, uh, there was there was there was big chat then of obviously us uh, preparing the club, preparing a squad and everything to challenge for winning the championship. Now to win the championship is one thing, but you, then you have to the not accepted, but you have to obviously uh, enter you know, into, enter into your minimum standards and get everything up to scratch your stadium. You have to have so many seats and so many toilets and food outlets and all those bits and pieces. So all that work from uh from a from a board from a board level down uh all the way through the club is there's 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 huge things have to happen for you then to actually make the transition from winning the championship and moving into the premiership. So I think we're a club that's have evolved in a lot of ways gradually. We haven't just gone, right, there it is, bang, we've won it. Now we're a, a premiership winning side. We've had to, we've had to evolve gradually. Um, and that's, you know, that's down to due to finances and all sorts of stuff, you know, because, uh, you know, you're going into, going into a premiership of clubs that have been there, I don't know, since, since it started, you know, and uh, uh, teams that have won one, Premierships, won European Cups, and that sort of stuff. So I think the, it's, in, it's a bit of a learning curve when you go in as well, because you know I was I was really, you know, when we first obviously won the championship, went into the Premiership. Some of the things I was really looking forward to was going to those clubs like you know Wasp, Leicester, um, you know Harlequins. These guys with their own home grounds that were just you know you sort of like had been a, a, a strength of. Uh, English rugby for years, you know, so it was actually quite cool to actually go to those places and ask questions and learn. And, you know, we, you know, we, we, we were just a club that just have, have just evolved, you know, by going along and asking questions, learning things as well. So with that though, obviously everyone's uh, jobs have changed or roles have changed. You know, we, where a person was doing three or four things. Now they might be doing a couple of things and, 
yeah, well, I get told I don't do anything. So there we go. So yeah, <laughs> that just that just that just comes with a comes with the territory, doesn't it? You, you sometimes walk down the walk down the corridor and you feel like Juice Bigelow getting the out of that. Boys, boys, boys coming at you from all directions, you know. But that's just the way. That's just the great side of rugby. You know, we can um, if if you're not prepared to give some, you know, or take some, you got to give some as well. So. Yeah, it's quite funny. We 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 do love the the rugby banter is a as as a special part of it, you know. How how often have you gathered around the young boys and told them the story of where the clubs come from and you don't know how lucky you are and you should have seen what it was like back in the old days? You know what I, I do I do because I don't know I don't know whether you ever played at the old county ground. You know, the county ground was like was it was it was a was a some some people that know that played there would exactly know what I'm talking about here. It was a uh, it was inside a greyhound greyhound track um, and inside a speedway track, so uh, you know, so it was an absolute. When the middle of the winter was an absolute tip, you know? so I'm sort of you know, I'm sort of going, but it was your own tip. Does that make sense? You know, but yeah. it was just a shame that you couldn't, you can't just have it there one day just to take the boys over sometimes for a bit of a realization when they're whinging about not having the right socks or something like that, you know, or, or the hair gel was not not where it should be, or you know, someone. Someone's moved it too close, but um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm very lucky actually. Probably there's, there's, there's a few of us still in the club, like myself, Rob Bax, those sort of guys that did play at the old county ground, you know, uh, and then obviously we're lucky enough to play at the at the new ground as well. So, it, it, you know, I don't really really spin that story on too much because they probably wouldn't believe me if I told them anyway. But um, the 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 old county county ground was a special place for Exeter. You know, it was it was uh, it, it's had many a big game there, um, and uh, and it had a great times. But you know, it 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 served a purpose for the for the, for the city, and uh, and now you know, obviously, we're, you know the the sandy part that the Chiefs are benefiting now from the county ground being part of their history. You know, yeah, it's it's it just looks awesome, and it looks like the. The crowd are engaged and and love their club and love their town because you are representing the town, aren't you? Yeah, you're representing the city, you know. And obviously, we've got a we've got a you know obviously the footballs across town and that sort of stuff, you know. And the, the southwest is a bit of a hotbed for sport, you know. We've got good colleges and good universities down here. You know, the university's been punching pretty high in the old and buck system for there for the last few years. Um, but the crowd, the, the supporters themselves, you know, I've got I've got to take my hat off to the supporters. I remember. Um, and when we were in the championship days and just you know, just starting to get into the premiership days, and I, we used to have you know there's there's a solid group of uh, chief supporters that were always coming along, and they used, all of a sudden one day this guy started doing the old uh, oh Tom walked chop out of nowhere, and everyone sort of like you know when you sort of stand on the sideline going mate we've got a lunatic in the crowd here what's going on here we sort of like, sort of you sort of take that really slow look up to your left and you go oh there he is he's back again and back again what what he what he did do all of a sudden there's the, the other supporters started getting sort of high, high around him. But all of a sudden, it just started, and the Tomahawk Chop has evolved with the supporters, you know. And I, I tell you, health the supporters, they've actually they've actually created their own brand of, you know, and the, and the tribe stuff and all that sort of stuff. And I, no, they're, they're a cracking group of people, you know. When you go across Europe and you're and you're down in the bottom of Claremont and getting beaten 40 points to nil, and you go, man, this is a dark old day. And all, but all of a sudden, you can still hear the tribe you know, Tom Hawk chopping away and then, or, or you'll be walking down the street later on in the night, you know, and you, and you will just hear that. And, and somewhere in the, in, in, in the, in the town, it will be the Tom Hawk chop going off, you know, and you're like, oh, man, the supporters are still going. They've had a good weekend. Yeah. But they've been great. They, they have been a huge part. 
huge, huge part of uh, of of actually, you know, the whole the whole story and, and building up the club. And uh, been, they've been amazing, been amazing. I can't really, I can't speak highly enough. And how good has it been having the top man, your director of rugby, who always seems to to speak very well, uh, very humble, uh, when when you have unfortunately just recently lost the, the final was was very humble and gave credit to the opposition but obviously was hurting but saw yep. it as important to do that at the right time but it just seems to have established you know the, the buzzword in sport culture yeah he, he seems to to live and breathe it well look, rob's obviously played i think he's played nearly 300 games for the club himself you know so and his, and his whole family's been involved with the exeter rugby club since i would you know Pre-war, I don't know, <laughs> but you'll uh, he, be, uh, you know, like the, the, their family, you know, his family's been involved with the club for years, uh, you know, and and to have to be to have a director of rugby that's obviously local, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, isn't it? You know, it's, it's a story in itself, really. Um, but yeah, you know, I think probably Rob himself will probably admit that he's he's learned learned from his losses just like everyone else. Uh, you know, with with it's it's not easy standing on a pitch when you. You know when you when you've been beaten in finals, but also it's 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 amazing when you're standing on a pitch and you have won finals. So you know we've been lucky to lucky have done both, not lucky to have lost, but said, but you know we have done both, um, and we've been been lucky enough to stand on the pitch and, and have won trophies too. So, um, and you know it, it, sometimes it doesn't always happen, you know, and we just sort of have to you have to go away and decompress and sort of uh, try and uh, put that one down to a learning curve and hopefully we can come back next season and do it again. You know, we've, we've, we've had a pretty good record in the finals of getting the finals. It's, uh, we just have to turn a few around, you know, it's, there's no substitute for playing. It's the best thing. But whenever I speak to people, the thing they miss is not necessarily playing. It's the changing room. It's the oh. boys, it's training. You're, you're not a player, but you're still yeah. in the changing room. Yeah. 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 I still get, I still get tape rolls of tape chucked at the back of my head. Yeah, there's always something. There's my, my kits always lying around the place, or yeah, they were getting getting bagged or debagged or something. Like that. There's always something going on, mate. You're like, yeah, yeah. Get, and, and, and like you said, it is a bit like the Juice Bigelow movie. Yeah? You walk along the street, and you're like, freak. You know, like, it's like, what's going on, mate? There's boys coming at you from all directions, you know. And yeah, there's yeah, twenty four seven the question of what I'm actually doing. But yeah, they've got a fair point sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you you've been in the changing room it's part of it though isn't it you know and I, oh, of course I, it is i think uh the, the greatest thing about sport is obviously and and that's i'll probably go to say it's one of the things that the, any player rugby player will probably say they miss the most uh post uh when the finish line is actually the changing room just day-to-day -day chat catching up with someone just for two seconds 10 seconds half an hour that sort of stuff when you go away you know when you go outside those four walls, don't you? You then, you know, you don't see some people. You know, well, there you go, me and you, mate. We haven't seen each other for years. You know, we've always kept in contact, but you haven't seen each other for years. You know, so it's uh, it's it's a it's a pretty pretty unique time. It's a pretty cool time, but you know, and it's and it's, it's precious precious moments, isn't it? You know, and it's and it's yeah. So, and and you've shared some big big moments with those those players some who have only ever been at the club some internationals and lions that you've brought to the club that you've been in the changing room i i would like them to get rid of the cameras in the changing room uh while i miss it and would love to be there i always feel like 
there's there's a falseness to what happens when there's a camera there. And I know you've got to promote on social media and do all that stuff, but when the door closes and the camera's off, what's the what's the game that is forefront in your head or the biggest in your heart in in the moments you've had with Exeter at the very top of the game where you've just thought this changing room is the only place in the world I want to be right now? Yeah, you know what we 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 you know it's a, it's a, it is probably probably the ten minutes that you get after after the final whistle back in the changing with each other is probably the, the best time you know because there's there's just that you know we've, we you have your, yeah we've got a song or you know when you win and stuff like that you you can't you can't you can't buy those moments you know what I mean um, and you know just. Being behind, you know, like I say, being behind closed doors and there's no cameras on, and just having a chat with the boys, and it's quite interesting chatting to them about you know that game or just anything really, you know. And then you know, I've watched these some of these guys come come in as academy boys and are now now fathers and things like that, you know. So there is a there's all different different parts of it and stuff like that. But yeah, there is yeah, that that sort of ten minutes, half an hour after a game, just in the changing room, it's just you. You know, just before everyone just chills out, you know, you have a beer or that sort of stuff. Those things don't change, you know, and that's 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 the bits that, you know, we all we all enjoyed when we were playing and, and it's nice to still enjoy those times now, still involved in the game, you know, with the players and stuff like that, you know. because um, we got we got you know, we've got a we've got a good group of guys in a close bond and it's a good culture and that sort of stuff. So, you know, it is it is nice to share share those moments. And you know, if you win win trophies or that sort of stuff, you know, that it's pretty classy. Pretty classy. I have to admit, you know, when we when we were in the uh, when we won the double and we had both the trophies in the changer in there and just yeah, it is. You know, you're like going right, give me a cigar. I'm all over this. I'm all over it, mate. I'm all over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think you know, also too sharing those sharing those moments with your with your family. I think is huge. You know, like I remember after after you won, you know, not probably Champions Cup and the double, but ringing your ringing your ringing your parents, you know, and just telling them. Because you know, my parents are in New Zealand and I woke them up, you know, they're like, What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I was thinking something wrong. I said, yeah, we're just just when we were being gutted, it was like, Oh my god, that's amazing. You know, he went and obviously woke up mother and all that that was great. But um, you know, just having those conversations as well with, with your own family, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, you know. So the, one of the things I've loved when I've been doing this and the people I've spoken to, there are very few people you know, Richie McCall wrote down on that napkin in McDonald's with his uncle everything he was going to do and appears to have just went from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. There is absolutely no way that little Tony Walker could possibly have predicted what the hell you've got up to and where you find yourself now. Right, mate. Yeah, yeah. So let's rewind a little bit. How did you end up in Exeter? Well... I was obviously played for Bigger for three seasons, and and then I was down at Gala. Obviously, that's that's where we we came across each other, mate. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think you've ever bought me a beer yet either. Oh, turn it up. <laughs> yeah, mate. You know but um, and then obviously I was fortunate enough to be involved in with Edinburgh with their backup squad, and then I got obviously uh, when, when the Border Rivers Borders started back up. So you know when they when they started back up in two thousand and uh, two, two thousand two, I think it was. Uh, yeah, so got 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 started back up them, and then obviously Gregor, uh, Gregor was back from France. Lord 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 Townsend was back from France, and um, 
got changed then. But anyway, the second year things were well, things were. I wasn't too sure. There was there was conversations about the borders going around. Anyway, I um got chatting to Gregor and obviously I knew Craig Townsend very well as well through Gregor and and they were looking for a back rower down at Exeter. And Craig was the strength and conditioning coach at the time. So uh, he got in touch with me. I got in touch with him. And so <laughs> Craig, Craig says, oh, you know, so I got in touch with the DOR, which was a guy called um, Ian Brenner at the time. And he said, oh, come down. So I said, okay, yeah. So anyway, so me and me and Tooney and uh, me and, me and uh, Craig decided that we you know, would meet in Bristol. You know, we'd meet in Bristol for a night out. And then we'll go down and meet up with X the next day, you know, blah, blah, which was, which was great. So obviously, I think um, I think I think Big DL and and a couple of others decided to come down as well. So we all we all piled into Bristol, go go we went out and had a had like a pretty large night, you know, pretty pretty big night. Woke up in the morning, went right. We know we need to get down to the X because I need to meet the DOR. So I need to you know and comb my eyebrows and stuff and look, look my best. So get get down there and then. Tooney says, come on, we need to go and uh, so we need to go across town. So they dropped all the other boys off at Tooney's house and he went, had, they all went for a sleep. So the next thing you know, I'm sort of piling across the rugby club and Tooney says, oh, you need to bring some shorts and stuff. We're going to do a medical. I went, all right. So next thing you know, I'm over doing this medical. And next thing you know, right, they have to go on a rowing machine and a bike and do this. So Tooney's absolutely stitched me, Kipper. Absolutely stitched me. I'm like dying. Dying doing this testing and stuff. The next thing, and then anybody wants to take me around town and show me all around town, I'm literally going, "Oh mate, you're killing me!" <laughs> so then I got back to got back to Tooney's house about five o'clock in the afternoon. The boys have been obviously been sleeping all day, like stretched out like cats, you know, like right, we're going again, we're going out to Exeter tonight. I'm like, man, I'm actually dying here. You know? Anyway, that was my introduction, introduction to Exeter, but yeah, so it just it just just through there, so through uh, through Craig Townsend really, and and. And uh, yeah, it was good. That was good. Um, yeah, it's one of those moves that sometimes you know you take a bit of a gamble and it, and it worked out. You know. So it was really borders was beginning to wind up. Exeter gave you a chance, and you thought, well, why not? Yeah, well, I think I think the borders went on for one more year, but it was there was conversations going around that that they were going to can it. Nobody really knew what was going on, you know, and things like that. So it was a bit of a shame, really, because I think. I, I came across here when there was four. Uh, when I first came over here in '97, there was four uh, district sides in, and I sort of you sort of look at it now and you think maybe if there was only two then there might have been three, maybe four now. You know, I'm saying sort of stuff because you know there was there's obviously conversations of huge costs when it all first kicked went for professional, didn't you? And you had sort of like four teams, uh, and there wasn't enough sort of players to cover those four teams. You know, from 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 what you sort of make out, but so maybe. Maybe then, if they had two teams to start with, and you know, you might have had might have had three or four now, maybe strong, you know. But uh, yeah, I remember we were when we were Gala used to love going up watching the watching Upper Watsonians and watching the Edinburgh games and all sorts of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you get involved with them, and uh, yeah, and then you move on, don't you? But yeah, no, it was good. It was good. So what what made you leave New Zealand to come to bigger? I always wanted. I was training racehorses, and I was always sort of like wanted to go travelling. But then I got the opportunity. I was I was playing uh, playing club rugby over there, and you know it was club rugby over there. You know it's it quite a good level club rugby over home. But it's um, uh, uh, Kevin Green was coaching at at uh, Gloss, uh, Glasgow at the time, and him and his brother had set up an agency with players and stuff. Anyway, Kevin Green knew Max Weinberg, the coach 
our coach back in New Zealand at the time. And he was down watching. I was playing. I don't know, we were we were at Tokoro or something like that, and we were playing a game. And he came up to me after the game and says, "Oh, you know, fancy? Who do you want to go overseas?" Because I'd told Max Weinberg, our coach at the time, in New Zealand, that I wanted to go travelling and play a rugby. He says, "Oh, I'll sort you out a club." And I said, "Oh, yeah, right, yeah." Anyway, so three or four beers later, I'd sort of forgotten that conversation. Sure, sure enough, on the Monday, he rang me and said, uh, "I've got a club for you." I went, "Really?" I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. And at, at the, the first club that sort of I was in touch with was Edinburgh Aki's actually. And then, uh, but but then I'm not too sure what really happened there. But anyway, I uh, ended up at Bigger. So, <laughs> so, so, so I've turned up, turned up in Edinburgh. This was, with the, the, yeah, and, uh, and I'd lost my bag. So I've come all the way from New Zealand, lost my bag, driven to Bigger, put into this bed for, for, for three hours, and then taken down to Sevens training. And uh, and then I ended up playing at Kelsey on the Saturday, so I ended up turning up on the Thursday playing Kelsey Stevens on the Saturday. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. Good good intro to it all. But yeah, you know, I think one of the one of the great things I like, you know, uh, you know, I was very fortunate to to have three good years at Bigger, to it, um, to it, to it, uh, Gala, and a couple of the borders. It's great, but I, I love still coming back up here and catching up with everyone. You know, I still catch up with guys I play rugby with, families that, you know, you're still in touch with, you know, you know, people that run clubs and bits and pieces. So it's it's, it's quite cool that you still come up here and, uh, and still catch up with everyone. That's great. So you, you didn't come over with the intention of being a professional rugby player. You just came over because it was something you were able to do and someone else was picking up the ticket. I was very fortunate. Yeah, well, no, I was very fortunate. I had an ancestry visa. So I was very fortunate to my grandfather uh that he was he was born in so i had an ancestry visa so so theoretically i thought well, i'll do a couple of years of rugby you know and then i'll uh, i'll go do a bit of traveling well i still haven't done the traveling yet yeah i've traveled traveled to exeter mate that's far you know what i mean so <laughs> further astonished you've been, you've further been to europe on their ticket yeah exactly so furthest on uh furthest i've uh i've traveled around europe mate is whatever draw we get each year in europe there you go yeah. Yeah. But, Happy days. Yeah. You you saying yeah. I've never bought you a beer? You've never paid for a plane ticket. Oh, well, yeah, but that, yeah, but that doesn't affect you, does it? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you know, like I say, it, it, it's it's if you'd said to me in '97 when I come over that there would be sitting here today, and you'd, uh, you were with a you know with a one of the, with the top sides in England, and uh, you know, and 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 won a couple of trophies, yeah. You put good money on that, wouldn't you? You know what I mean. So, but uh, yeah, we're, you know, I've been very fortunate. Like things have just gone and gone and gone and gone, and and still to be involved in rugby is pretty pretty special. You know, it's pretty cool. But you you were training racehorses, so was rugby just a hobby? I've always I've always yeah you know, we've always played rugby as you know as a kid and growing up and that sort of stuff. But you know, I've just yeah, I just I just play rugby because I enjoyed it, you know, and been involved in rugby. And I was when I was in uh, in the club I was playing for, uh, it, it happened by chance actually. There was a there was a guy, uh, I thought there was a guy. That's right. It was I was working on a horse stud in, in Cambridge, and um, a guy who was the he was the um, he, was the, he did the farm bit of the of the horse stud, you know, the farming side of it. And he said, "Oh, why don't you come across to me, mate? I've got a club over in because we were in Hamilton, so Cambridge is you know, twenty minute drive, twenty five minute drive." He said, "Come over and we'll just play, come over and play club rugby on the Saturday and stuff like that, you know." And so we just started joining this club, me and a couple of other boys, and uh, yeah, there's just and that sort of like just we just we just used to turn up, you know, <clears throat> train and 
training booze on Tuesday, Thursdays and playing booze on Saturdays, mate, you know? So nothing, nothing's really changed to be fair, but, um, but, uh, yeah, so yeah, but uh, you know, to, to, to end up then playing, you know, like getting coached, you know, you know, guys like Finley and those sort of guys and sort of meeting people like that and get involved heavily with, with, with the Scotland stuff, but also then playing alongside some of the, some, some of the top players. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool, isn't it? You know, like, but did, we, did you have a clue who any of those people were in New Zealand? Because it, uh, someone told me a story once, and I'm not sure if it's true, but they were they were with a Scotland international who had stayed on in New Zealand after a Scotland tour, and they'd bumped into these kids, and and when the kids had left, the the player said to this guy, "Oh, that." those kids have got no idea I've ever played for Scotland. And the Kiwi boy went, yeah, but those kids don't give a sh- that you've played for Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. It, 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 it's quite a thing. Obviously New Zealand rugby, they, 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 you know, they, it's, it's a tough place to go and play rugby in it. But I remember, um, I do remember when the Lions played at, uh, at, at Hamilton park once, you know, and, and Tooney was actually playing there and he scored a try in the corner actually. And, uh, you sort of, you, you sort of, yeah, you do, you do know those sort of names, you know, you, 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 you do the names, but um, you obviously come over here, don't you? And they, and those people are, you know, there's some folklore rugby players there, you know, and all of a sudden you're bumping into, like you say, you know, uh, JJ and all those sort of boys at the sevens and catching up with those sort of people and you go, oh, mate, this, this, this is pretty cool, isn't it? You know? Um, so, yeah, you, 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 you do know, no names of players and people like that sort of coming over, but, that's uh it was it was it was it's pretty cool coming over here and actually then end up well i ended up playing against the all blacks which was a bit weird because i actually <clears throat> i got drafted in very late sort of thing and um i was playing i told you i was playing and this is this is the really weird thing so strange i was playing we played in a cup match against there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lismore. Is it Lismore in the middle of Edinburgh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was playing, I was playing against Lismore in the middle of Edinburgh on a Saturday in a cup match. And then straight after the game, I got taken across to join up with the Scotland 18 because we are playing the All Blacks on the, on the Tuesday, Tuesday night at um, Scott, uh, really, uh, yeah, oh, that was weird. It was the, one of the most surreal things I've sort of ever been involved in. It's like, yeah, Lismore, you know, kicking dogs out of that. Oh, sorry, yeah, kicking, kicking, kicking lumps out of the field, you know, in, in the middle of middle of Edinburgh, and then you know, going off and playing the All Blacks on the Tuesday night. It was quite, yeah, it was quite, that's quite cool. But yeah, who's Standing, playing for the All Blacks? 
well, this weird thing, I was on the bench as well, and I looked along, and I was looking along and going, oh, I mean, I've done like for like tonight. I was looking along the bench going, oh, yeah, like for like with Jonah Lomu here. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, but then actually, he didn't actually, what happened was Jonah Lomu got, they came down and they came and grabbed him because he was, he, they took him away to do uh, that. That's right. This is your life. That's right. And I was going, yeah, scared him off. But anyway, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, that was that was quite surreal, you know, when you're standing there and you're doing the national anthems and stuff, and you obviously you know you know everything everything's been uh, every well the New Zealand national anthem and stuff, and you're standing there and you go, uh, but yeah, it was good, it was good times, good times, mate, good times. Are you going to write a book? No, 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 not a chance, mate. Give me too much trouble. <laughs> I'd get other people in trouble. Yeah, if, yeah, well, if you had to be honest, I'd be probably in trouble, wouldn't I? There you go. Yeah. And then you're you're going to see your big mate tomorrow. You're going to see Doddy tomorrow. You're going to see the big fella tomorrow, yeah. And I tell you what, he's probably still telling the same jokes he was telling two years ago when I was up here as well. You know, and I, well, hopefully, hopefully he's telling he's going to get some better better chat than he normally has. But um, and I hopefully yeah, I was listening to Richie Gray a couple of weeks ago, and he's got terrible chat as well. So hopefully Doddy hasn't been taking up reading his book. <laughs> <laughs> If anyone's going to write a book about himself, be Richie Gray, surely. <laughs> oh, he's got some stories to tell. He's also got the money to publish it. Well, there's another bloke there. Still haven't been a bought, bought a pint from as well. So there you go. Yeah, uh, he well, he makes you pay double for the pints. That's the problem. <laughs> That's why he's got so much. Yeah. Not only does he make you pay, but he owns the pub as well. Yeah. Uh, so big, big Doddy. How did you come across Doddy? Uh, so I met Doddy. Uh, uh, we sort of had the odd bump into, I think, around the old seven circuit or around the, around the clubs and stuff. And I bumped into Doddy when Doddy said, look, I need some help here with my training program when we joined up at the borders. Um, that was just a complete lie, by the way. But, uh, yeah, so me and him, me and him, uh, Val Houston, who was the SSC coach of the borders when we when it reunited in uh, 2002, put me and Doddy together as training partners. I have to probably go to say, I think I'm, I think I actually built Doddy up so he could last another two more years. Uh, in, in the game but um we used to yeah let's, let's just let's just say that sometimes there wasn't a lot of training going on with me and dodd there was a lot a lot more chat a lot more banter and a lot more right who we who we're going to try and pick out here um but uh, it, was good, it, was, it was good times mate it was good times so uh that's how we got to know really do and then uh you know being a typical type farmer as he is he decided to do a uh it was quite funny when we were the borders he decided to do a uh pre-season team building exercise out of his house but we had to do all this fencing. I'm like going, oh, what? What's going? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, playing the farm. We all built Dotty's fences out at uh, out of his farm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he, he is daft, but he's no stupid. I was quite comical watching Simo Saditi put a fence post, and I have to admit. Yeah. Yeah. But, so you've got you've got this. You've got the Scottish Borders and you've got Tanner Villey and Sebo Satiti and you've got Doddy Weir. Yeah. And the only the only person who was actually really good at building fences was Gary Armstrong. After that, Gary Armstrong's bit of fence was pretty special. After that, yeah. But yeah. So Kiwis Kiwis must know guys like Gary Armstrong, and then you find yourself oh. across here rubbing shoulders with them, playing with them. You know, becoming good mates with him. I was actually, I, I didn't really get to play a lot with Gary. I was more like uh, cannon fodder for him, mate. You know, like I say, you know, I was just, I was just there holding up the bags and uh, and had the tackle suits on. But yeah, the old, I've, yeah. 
Joe, he sort of he sort of reminds me of a sort of a junkyard dog, doesn't he? Sort of, he's got like ribs showing, and he's got bits missing of his ear, and he's just a horrible look at you. you look through it, and you go, "Oh, mate, he's horrible." But uh, one, one of the one of the nicest guys, I have to admit. Um, and he was, um, yeah, he was, uh, he was, he was, he was one of the one of the favourites of uh, of Tony Gilbert. I have to admit, I think Tony Gilbert still. I think him. And Chris Cusser, they were the only ones that Tony Gilbert's got pictures of still above his mantelpiece, I think. Tony Gilbert was the man that moved Ross Ford to Hooker, wasn't he? Oh, he's taking claim, is he? Is he taking claim? Yeah. yeah. yeah I, well, I, I don't know. I think it was just Fordy's diet that potentially moved him to Hooker. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, – <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never seen a bloke. Yeah, I have to admit. Fair play to Fordy. It was, uh, you know. Whoever made the change, whether it was him or uh, him or Georgie Graham or whoever it was coaching the Fords at the time, fair play. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a, it was a great move for Fordy, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, boy, boy did well. So you you love your horses. Yeah, Doddy loves his horses, although yep. his feet drag along and I think his knees drag along. And now you've got Hoggy at Exeter, and Hoggy's a pretty decent rider as well. Is there is there a bit of chat there? Is that a team well, building exercise? Oh, uh, you know. Hoggy, Hoggy, Hoggy's come down. He, he copped the when he first turned up. He did cop. He did cop some uh, on the first social out. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, he had to he had to sing for his dinner quite a few times. So fair play to him. But he fair play to him. He's come through it, you know. And he's uh, and he, it's a bit like his hairdo. It's he's, it's stuck with him. So uh, you know what I mean. So, <laughs> uh, so he's uh, he's. He's, he, it's good to have him around. A good bit of banter. I'm actually going to hopefully go down to his pub. And uh, I've, I've told him he was on uh, he was on Lions duty the other day. He spoke to him on Facetime and stuff. And he, uh, I said, I'm going into your pub, mate. There's going to be when you get back. There's going to be a tab, and it's going to have my name all over it, and you're going to pay for it. So uh, he's a bit nervous, I think, you know, because you know, talk to talk to any any Scotsman about money, mate. They get a bit bit of a twitchy, don't they? You know. What I mean? <laughs> so uh, yes. So hopefully, I'm going to catch up with his dad. I think his dad's working in the pub. Uh, the odd night as well. So there you go. He's he's getting double whammy. He's obviously working his old man. Yeah, you know, his old man's retirement, and he's working his old man to the bone as well. So he's getting a freebie there as well. So uh, good on him. His old man will be taking a few out the pipes as well. I would imagine. Yeah. though. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so. But I'll be taking a few out of his out of the pipes as well. And th- I think it's Thursday night we're meeting up. Here, so do you uh, do you have to translate for Hoggy down at Exeter? Uh no, he's he's he you know his English has improved to be fair. Yeah, his English has improved. Yeah. Uh, it's good. So, it is it is quite strange though, isn't it? I think Hoggy might have been ball boy at all the borders games or something like that. No, I don't think he was, but we'll give him grief. Um but uh yeah, it is it is quite it's quite cool because obviously his old man used to referee us in a few games and bits and pieces as well. So that's that that's quite a, quite cool to have uh people like that, you know, and yeah, he's He's been playing good rugby and hopefully gets a couple of cracks more at the Lions and, you know, hopefully uh, sticks a tour out this time, doesn't stick his, stick his face with someone's boot is, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that, that was a sore one. He's, he's yeah. got to get a test cap this time. Got to get a test cap. I, hopefully. You know, he's, uh, you know, like I say, we'll, uh, fingers crossed for them all. You know, there's a few, we got uh, four of the boys out there, which is quite cool, you know. So, obviously, Jack Noll was uh, four year ago and this time we've got um, four boys on it, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. No, it's very cool. How, how much do you play a role recruiting people like Hoggy or Johnny Gray or or guys up here? Do you get involved in any of that, or you just no, welcome so, them when they arrive? Yeah, just welcome them when they arrive, and obviously get in touch with them before they arrive and things like that. You know, that sort of stuff's done by Rob, or the recruitment side of it done by Rob and the coaching staff. 
uh, which is quite cool because that sort of uh, keeps my relationship with the players, you know, uh, quite 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 calm, and, and I don't have to get involved in that sort of stuff, which would would change dynamics massively, you know, uh, when you're talking about uh, players and families' futures and things like that. So, you know, it's 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 quite nice to keep it just uh, you know and personal and team level and things like that, you know. Did you have a plan for when you finished playing, or did you never really put no, a lot no, of thought into it? No, there was obviously there was chat about going home and things like that, you know. But then, uh, you know, things evolved with the job at the club and the community side of it, because obviously we needed a we needed a community department uh, as part of the, going into the Premiership. And obviously, as we were building, I finished what two years before we won the championship. So I got involved with uh, with the club, bringing the community department, and things like that, which then evolved into you know, more roles and different different roles and going in different different ways as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think some some people, you know, are quite good at planning planning when they finish rugby. I was actually totally useless, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, and it, but, I got, but I got lucky. I got lucky and I'm still involved in rugby and, you know, it's, it's, I'm very fortunate, very fortunate, yeah. Are many of the other team managers former players? Yeah, a lot of them. Uh, a lot of them involved at some stage. Uh, not all of them. Not all of them have you know have, have played probably a high level of rugby. Um, but we've got a good group. You know, I mean, we've got a good group. The, the, the Premiership uh, team manager group is a pretty cool. Pretty cool group. You know, we all stick pretty close together, help each other out and stuff. Uh, ask each other questions, which is which is I think uh, that's quite cool because you know, like you, you know, you, you know, you, last thing you want to be doing is making a mistake by trying to trying to be uh, you know know it all that sort of stuff you know and um trying to get support from everyone's everyone's is uh is 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 is, is, is great because we all travel to each other's grounds you know and uh getting help on the day or you know like one of the weirdest one of the weirdest um one of the re- re- weirdest requests is actually from one of your own actually neil mcelroy on game day about half an hour before game day and he says he's a really big help here and i said oh, what is it mate what is it neil and he goes uh i need some pickle juice and i went what he said, can you get me any pickle juice? I said, oh, I'll go down to the kitchen and ask you. I came out with this jar of pickle juice, you know. He said, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. So basically, they take it for a cramp. Like, so, you know, you get these. There you go, mate. There you go. If you get cramp, pickle juice, apparently. Neil McElroy, you heard it here. I don't know if he's got his own brand or not. Like, <laughs> yeah. Great boy, Neil. Great boy. Yeah. Take him over cheese. Loves it. I've never heard of that before. That is an absolute belter. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. half before that kickoff, you've got any, too many pickle juice. Yeah, I'll have a look. Yeah, there we go. Pull one out of the bag, mate, so he owes me. He knows me. <laughs> so being, being team manager, you, I mean, you coached, you you know the game, you've got good relationships with players. Is is that something you miss? I, I, do you know what? I got to, um, there was a, when I was uh, sort of doing the, the kit stuff in as well, when I was in the community and we're doing the kit stuff in it as well, I quite really enjoyed doing the logistics side of it and the operations side of it and that sort of stuff. And I sort of, I've never really put my head into coaching. Um, I sort of stayed out of it really. I did the community stuff in that for a few years, obviously, and, and helped out with the university side when I first when we first finished. But I actually really enjoy the other side of it, the operations side of it, the management side of it and that, and that sort of stuff. And and as I said, that the, 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 all the players will tell tell you I I'm useless. Oh, oh, sorry, watch is kicking off there. Um, uh, 
and the, the players will players will tell you I'm absolutely useless and don't know what I'm doing and that sort of stuff. But you know what? Yeah, they've had a few ropey ropey trips on planes back and ended up in Newquay, where they ended up in Exeter and things like that. But yeah, it's all it's all character building, mate, isn't it? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember hearing Jake White say that they used to deliberately get things wrong to see how players coped with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah do do yeah. they not need to do that, Exeter? Because you just get things I, wrong. I just get things wrong, mate. You know what I mean? So, yeah, just just take it on the chins. Take it on the chins, mate. You know? <laughs> character, building. character building, you know, like say, uh, yeah, it was one of the, uh, we're coming back from Bordeaux and we're in the air, in the air, and uh, there was obviously, there was fog at Exeter because get it, and all of a sudden we're getting diverted to, diverted to Newquay, you know. But the worst thing about the, the issue we had there was is that the, the, the Newquay airport's not an international airport, so we had we had to land it on the tarmac, and obviously, and then we had to sit on the tarmac for two hours while they while they taxied uh, while they taxied um, uh, uh, people for um, visas and stuff to come down and check two or three of the boys that needed their visas sorted out. So yeah, we did. <laughs> mate, it was like yeah, absolutely getting cultures like that, mate. Like, oh. <laughs> Four seven is just like white noise, and the end is like, yeah, 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 yeah. We got through it. We got through it. Yeah. When, when does a when does a team manager get to have time off? Because you got you've got to be on call all the time, don't you? Yeah, you. Yeah, I like we'll have time off at the minute, mate. So uh, hence, hence hence we're on here, mate, having a bit of fun. Um, you got to take time. Look, it is you know obviously with with kids and families and that sort of stuff. You got to take time. You got to take time because you know if you don't take time, it's gone. And you're at you know you might be away at the weekends and that sort of stuff like that. So, and as again, the boys will tell you I take a lot of time. So there we go. So, but it's it is like you know sport is you know rugby season is a long season. You know we're back in um, uh, the last weekend of July. Uh, we're back in. You know, ready to go again. So trying to get things organised and bits and pieces over the off season, is, so we can just crack on and go again. So yes, four or five weeks goes pretty quick in the off season, and then you're back into it non-stop all the way back through to the middle of June next year. You know, so and it's a longer season next year due to the fact that we've not, and it's actually not a longer season, but we've got, um, uh, you know, we've got uh, 13 teams in the Premiership next year, which is quite cool. You know. Um, and then it'll be 14 teams a year after. So it's it's a pretty relentless competition. It's tough. It's a tough, 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 tough competition. You know, then you chuck Europe in the middle of that as well. Um, you know, makes makes it for a, for a, for a great season. So where where have you enjoyed going the most? Where's the ground that you look forward to going to? In the Premiership or around Europe? Just anywhere. Where where's the ground well, that you've been to? We we uh, we did some pretty cool. Pretty cool places in Europe, you know, and uh, a couple of places that stand out, like Claremont, was as have you ever been there on the game days? Yeah. Absolute bullring, unbelievable atmosphere, you know. One of I'd probably say one of the best, you know, I've been to. But we went down to Munster a couple of seasons ago as well, and uh, just really enjoyed going into uh, um, into into into. I think we we're in Limerick uh, for the for the European Cup match, and just the people just. It just it's everything you know it is it is just people around thing and they they love the rugby they've got you know you go into the pubs and they've got good chat and just everything's just you know, and you can you can see why they are such a stronghold in, in european rugby you know and and obviously in in, in uh, ireland as well really cool yeah it's just it's just it's nice to see that sort of stuff still really because it is a hotbed proper hotbed of uh, irish rugby in it so 
Where where's the toughest place to go? Where do they water the the changing room floors? Uh, you know, I still remember, still still remember we were playing for the Borders, right? And went to Montaban, and that hose the changing room down, and then you were going out, you were going out the tunnel, going out the tunnel, and you would just get back on, and that's just how I was going. Was mate, what's going on here? And they had the old in the corner, they had this old fashioned. Um, uh, fire siren kicking off, you know, and you literally, this bloke's just like winding up, winding up, you know, and you go, whoa, this is just, and then on all their four, all their forwards are about seven foot seven, you know, they literally sit up and drive them all from the 22 and just go, oh, just plug in, <laughs> I still remember this day, Clarky Laidlaw, this bloke literally just walked up to him, just went, whack, smashed him straight in the nose, and Clarky's face just went, and I'm going, Right, they here, lads, and the referee just looked, the referee just looked and went. I don't do it. I'm able to get out of here as well. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's some tough ground. But like I have to say, places places in France are tough to go and play. France, France, France is tough. You know, yeah, there's the, the crowd and everyone's just on you, on you. you know, like you know, and I have to say, Claremont is probably probably one of the toughest places we we, we you go back and go play rugby when everyone's just. Literally on you twenty four seven. As soon as you walk in, yeah. You, but it's just like it's just like really, really, quiet, really quiet place, and all of a sudden, on game day, it just goes. Yeah. And they they just love that though, don't they? And those those are awesome when people get behind it. And and Exeter must be, you know, English crowds are a bit different from the French, but game day must be exciting when you know yeah. the town is coming to you. Yeah, it's um. You know, obviously, we're we've built up from just over ten thousand to twelve and a half thousand. Next season, we'll be up to fifteen thousand. So, which is pretty cool, you know. So, you know, the crowd, like I said, they've evolved themselves. The the, the supporters, they've been, you know, amazing, really. Uh, you know, and and being a little bit successful on the way as well has definitely helped. You know, and and uh, you know, the southwest is you know, there's more people moving to the southwest. Lovely place to live, lovely place to visit. So, I think also too, you know, like if you are from say Northampton, say for instance, you know, once a year you have a trip down to down to the southwest, you know, it gives you a reason to watch watch the Saints versus uh, Exeter Chiefs, you know, which is pretty cool as well. So, I think there's a there's a good draw card to get crowds to come to Exeter as well, and you know, the travelling support's usually pretty good as well. So, um, yeah, so you know, like I said, it, it, it's evolving, evolving all the time, and so um, you know, and I think you know, there's obviously plans ahead to to get up to you know uh, more seats and more stands in, in in the future as well, which is which is pretty good, you know. It must be exciting to be a part of. Do the, do the players? How does the expectation work with the players? I mean, at the moment they must just arrive at grounds expecting to win. Is that an easy thing to manage? No, uh, I think I think they're you know they're a good enough side. You know, we've learned a lot of lessons along the way, and I think they know they know how to get themselves out of situations. You know, where you know when we first started in the Premiership, you know, we 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 lost games. We lost games due to inexperience, uh, but now we actually win games from experience, you know. And 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 we've been in those situations and and, and areas, and you know, when we're we're down by two or three scores, you know, you only have to get score you back in the game, and all of a sudden the momentum changes and those sort of areas, you know, and just going to get your game plan sort of ticking over and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think having having a group of experienced players is is is, is huge, and you know, you can you can't you can't uh, you can't take that away. They, those those sort of guys can, you know, you've, you look at one person and come in and just all of a sudden flip things around, can't they? You know, 
And I think uh, this, this, I think this year in the Premiership has definitely proved that, especially towards the finals time. Isn't it? You know, there was there's two or three games here that sort of were all going one way, and all of a sudden completely flipped. You know, just by uh, just by you know small changes and stuff. You know, or or experienced guys just taking control. Yeah, it's been it's been exciting to watch. How, the, the Chiefs seem to me just as a, an interested spectator from very far away to be quite a humble group. And that's probably an image of the leadership. How how do the players relate to the the supporters? The support base has always has always been huge for us, you know, because like as I said, they've evolved with the I think that, you know, as I said, they've evolved with the uh, evolved with the squad and the team. Um and they're always been pretty. They're massively important to us, you know. Like say, when you when you, like I said, you go into the the depths of depths of France, and you, you can you've got Chiefs fans um, yelling and screaming and you know, doing the tomahawk chop, and they're like still doing it at three in the morning. And then they'll get up the next day and they'll come to support the game, and they'll be still doing it. You know, you go fair play, you know. But um, I think it's always been a good relationship between the, the the players and the fans. And I think you know, like that sort of thing. You know, look, one of one of the probably most important times. For a lot of uh, a lot of players and the fans, we, we come out usually pretty much straight after a game. We go and have a have a five ten minute, and we, the play a lot of the players go out and see that you know that's that, that's the time where they can sort of get get the players and have a conversation, you know, and get some signatures and autographs. You see kids over the fence, you know, getting autographs and that. It's so cool, you know. It's uh, it's great to see that those sorts of things, you know, still happen, you know, because you know interaction with interaction with your fans is, is a key is a key part of it, you know being accessible in a lot of ways you know and these boys these boys go out in town and you know they're always coffee shops and that sort of bits and pieces and one thing i've seen probably a massive massive change in and over the last few years is now we've got uh household names household names you know people know no players names know who they are no faces now you know used to be the odd one or two but there's you know there's there's a lot more of them now you know which is which is which is quite cool to see yeah i love that and that keeps it club accessible you see some of the yeah. you know footballers and they, they can't be accessible because it would be too yeah. tough but rugby's yeah. still at a point where the players can be reasonably normal yeah 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 and uh, you know like say you can i mean I, I i'm not a i'm not a big football fan but i've been to a few live football matches and i sort of just go i just I sort of need a need a beer or some commentary sort of stuff here and that's that you know that's just the way football is unfortunately but uh you know you go along to rugby and you can sit beside some from a different postcode or a, or a different part of the country and have a beer and have a chat, but a banter, but a laugh and that sort of stuff. So I think that's, I think we're very, very fortunate still within rugby that uh, we can still do that. And uh, long may it continue, hopefully, you know what I mean? And, you know, go to the bars afterwards and, you know, there's, you might see some supporters that come a long way, but they've had a great day. And, and, and in, in some ways, and like, like, like it's been said, we're in the entertainment business, aren't we? You know, and if you go away and had a great day, some people don't even come watch the rugby. You go and go. Oh, what was the score? So, and uh, but they've just had a great day. They've come there as a as a group on a Hindu or a stag do or whatever it may be they're doing, and uh, but they've they've had a great time, which is which are, which is which is which is a result in it. Yeah. It sounds like you still love it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm very yeah. Like I say, it's pretty cool, pretty cool. You know, like uh, one day you might sit back and just go, yeah, but not yet, not like, yet, no. So what's the if the All Blacks manager's job comes up, do you apply for it? Do you apply? Oh, no, I mean, like say, do you know what? 
Bruce, one thing you'll ever say, you never say never, don't you? Because if you actually go live on here and say, nah, nah, <laughs> mate, and all of a sudden someone's looking at you going, mate, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so uh, who, knows, who knows what will ever happen in the future, mate? Like say, when I would like say 24 years ago, mate, I never thought I'd be sitting here with a, with, a, with a podcast with you, having a chat about things we've done and one and yeah, the fact you still haven't brought me a beer. Yeah, we would. Yeah. Oh, you, you're gonna keep bringing that up, right? Thursday oh. lunch, Thursday lunch time. Clear yeah, your diary. Yeah. It's on. Exactly, mate. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, who, who knows what the future brings? But, you know, like I say, we've we've been very fortunate to enjoy the past so far, and we, you know, and uh, uh, like I said, still still here involved in rugby is pretty cool. Pretty cool. How man. how much do you see your job speaking to players about? enjoying what they're doing and trying to sort of enjoy the moment, the experience they're in. Because for some of them, they've experienced a lot of success quite early in their careers. They mm. might they might find it quite easy or they might find it difficult to get fulfillment later on. Do you... I think, I think as a club where, uh, and obviously there's a couple of couple of things uh, we try and, try and, you know, like hopefully that they, there's, there's opportunities within the club to sort of look at stuff outside of rugby as well, you know, and, and a lot of, you know, some of the boys are brilliant at it, you know. Some of the young guys, uh, you know, sometimes need a bit of a nudge and a bit of a push and that sort of thing because not everyone's going to make uh, top-level rugby players and 24-7 and, uh, or, or get on the, you know, be your number ones or number two starter, this sort of stuff. So it's important that these guys obviously do look outside the four walls and, you know, have a, have a look what's out there because we all know rugby can, sport can be over in a day, can't it, you know. So um, yeah, just you know, just just any support, any any help we can give them, you know, put them in contact with sponsors or you know people they might be interested in carpentry or bits and pieces, you know, because you know your you, your rugby rugby playing career, sporting career will come to an end, you know, and you've got to you know, and you want to you want to be make sure that you're in a position to sort of uh, take on the next step, next chapter in your life, don't you? So yeah, yeah. You do, you do have some interesting conversations with some of the youngsters, though. Yeah, you do. There's, there's, there's this, there's this. Yeah, what? Right, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're we're getting. I've taken up a whole load of your time. I absolutely love oh, speaking good. to you. It's always good. Uh, what's the target for next season? Is it to win everything? Well, yeah, hundred percent. Why not? You know, if we don't, if we're we're not we're not we're not, we're not in it to come second. Um, you know, and um. You know, if we can make seventh Premiership final in a row, that's that, that, that's huge, 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 huge stuff. You know, um, I think we uh, we're all a little bit disappointed how we we dropped out of Europe so easily this year. We're you know we're a little bit disappointed with that um, because you know that's that's a competition that you always want to do well. And if you got, I think it's one of those things with club rugby, any sort of rugby. If you get a good cup run, you tend to, your, your your league season tends to roll as well, doesn't it? You know. So uh, you know we've got to get get our, get our feet. Hopefully get a get a get a foot back in the door with 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 Europe. Um, but also too, you know, we've got a we've got a we've got a Premiership. We want to go back and win again. You know, we've we lost our title this year. And we want to go back and win it. So, um, but then you know, the other league's going to give me a lot lot stronger again this year. You know, with Saracens coming back up, um, teams are there's there's some squads that are uh, building building quite nicely as well. Um, you know, and there's and then we're going to come back. You know, we've we've got boys coming back from from Lions duty, international duty that will be missing from the start of the season. So squads will be down a few players to start with. 
um, some more than others. Uh, we used to be that squad that used to benefit from internationals going away, you know, because we didn't have uh, we might have one or, or or no internationals. We used to benefit, but now with that sort of side when international Six Nations, no sort of stuff gone. You know, we 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 uh, we go deep into a squad, you know. So uh, there's going to be new challenges there for a lot of boys, you know. But uh, you know, we've got a good good squad, good group of guys. Um, so that you know, we'll re- re- reset the reset the targets, um, and 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 we hopefully. Hopefully, this time uh, next season we'll be having a different conversation again, mate. You know, if you could go to New Zealand and and pick a player to drop into your Chiefs team, who would it be? Ooh, big, you know, that's a big call, mate. Big call. Ah, uh, no, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say anyone because every replacement <sighs> player. No, I, you nearly you nearly had me there, didn't you? No, you can't do that. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. You know. Um, I, did, I did wonder if that was going to upset because let's face it, it's Richie Moanga, isn't it? We all know it's Richie Moanga. <laughs> no, no, I mean that makes me play some similar, wouldn't it? You know, like that's 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 tough. Can't I can't can't say that against any of our boys. You know, they'd have to come over and earn this. They'd have to come over here and earn these stripes. That's what they'd have to do. You are too good. You are too good. That is some media training, ladies and gentlemen. That is impressive. Yeah. Very good. You, yeah, you, you're, you're going to tell me as soon as I hit end broadcast here. No, no, you keep recording. I know you, mate. <laughs> Tony, I ask people at the end of the pod to finish the sentence. You can finish it however you like. But for you, happiness is egg shaped. Oh, you're a sweetheart. You're an absolute you. sweetheart. Love right, you, boy. I'll, I'll see you on Thursday. I'm going to buy you a beer. Just one, yeah, though, one, and maybe, maybe just a half. I will put it on social media. A Bruce agent buy me a beer. There we go. There we go. Everyone will, go, everyone will be like, really? He really does have more than three pounds in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. Okay, go away. Brilliant to see you. Love you, mate. Thanks, guys. Cheers, mate. Cheers, man. Well, that was Tony Walker. Uh, some boy, known him for a long time, not seen him for a long time, but when you pick up with people like that in this game, you just get right back on the horse. And he's literally been on a horse. I've never been on a horse. We'd never go near a horse. But what a boy, Tony Walker. Can't wait to catch up with him in person and doing great things with Exeter Chiefs at the very, very top of the game. And like me, his happiness is egg-shaped. You can catch us on ACAST, Spotify and Apple for the podcast. Please download, please subscribe, please tell your friends and leave a review if you've enjoyed it. You can also watch the video on Facebook and YouTube. But for now, my name is Bruce Aitchison from the Happiness Is podcast and my happiness is egg-shaped. I'll see you all again very, very soon. Thank you. Hello, I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. No, 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 Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.